0: Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Rhett Gillins. He's in the restaurant industry and he feels stuck. He wants to start his own software business. So congratulations, Rhett, for your guys' chance to win 100 bucks every Monday morning. Simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now in order to enter and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you subscribed. Top Tribe, coming up tomorrow morning, you're going to hear from Allison Shaw. She moved from time-intensive one-on-one consulting to a $10,000 per month passive recurring income stream with printables. Okay, Top Drive, good morning. Again, I hope you're enjoying the time with your families and the holiday season. And you're going to enjoy our guest today. His name is Jonathan Endon, and he's a founder and CEO or the founder and CEO of SeamlessDocs.com. Seamless Docs is a next-generation form of e-signature platform that specializes in working with businesses and governments to help digitize and automate their PDF and form processes. Jonathan has been a serial entrepreneur since graduating Emory University and is passionate about automating processes, but most importantly, changing the way government works. He believes that the process of interacting with government should and can be a beautiful experience. Jonathan, are you ready to take us to the top? I am, sir. So what is Seamless Docs? I mean, is this like DocuSign or or one of these kinds of tools? So it's similar to uh, DocuSign in the sense that we have e-signatures,
1: but we like to consider ourselves more like a Google Docs for PDFs. So we take any existing PDF and we turn it into an online smart version. And then we also have tools to take that and actually make it so you can essentially create a TurboTax for any PDF. Um, It's not just for us about getting the document signed. It's about how do you get that document What's that process like of filling it out, making sure that's smart. And then finally, we give tools to the back end of processing and automating the paperwork.
0: So this is like I was filling out a W9 the other day and it was a pain in the butt because as a young entrepreneur, I'm on the move all the time and I don't have access to a printer and I don't even know what a fax machine is. So if I could just keep the whole thing digital, you know, the the typing in what my, you know, tin is and what my address is and all that, and then also sign it. That's basically what you guys do. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's a good example. It's actually would be a simple example for us. Uh, but now imagine a complicated form for filling out a permit or a building permit or filling out uh, some sort of application for funding or assistance, government assistance. Uh, some of those forms can have over 100 questions, and that process is obviously pretty awful. Wow. And they're stuck in PDFs. So we let them take all those existing PDFs and then make them so they can be filled that online, fill that from your phone. Uh, but more importantly, making so that's a good experience. So that flow as a citizen, you don't have to download something. They would send you a link and now you can just fill it out easily from your phone or any device. You can even upload attachments. You can e-sign with your finger. You can even integrate payments. Uh, and then finally, in the back end, the, the government's gonna get a database of that information and give them tools to automate it. So now, instead of waiting six weeks to get something back, you can, now it can almost done, be done in real
0: time. Okay, got it, this makes good sense. Now, I don't see any pricing on your website. Walk us through how you make money.
1: Sure, um, so it depends on your usage. Uh, we are a uh, SaaS-based platform means um but for our larger governments we start usually annual um so it can be as low as five thousand dollars a year and to as high as you know six figures for some of the larger governments
0: okay and and are are most of your clients they're strictly governments
1: correct so we work with some large businesses as well Um, again essentially we're in a paperwork automation platform and every business has a lot of paperwork Um, but uh we specialize in working with governments
0: and and how many total customers are you working with right now as of, I just call it, November twenty fifteen.
1: Yeah. So we don't announce our, our publicly our, our official count, but I can just tell you that right now we sign on about a government a day, and we're working with hundreds of governments in over forty states.
0: Okay. So I mean, more more or less than two hundred governments. Uh, more. Okay. And and just to be clear, people might go be going. Wait, what a second! I didn't know there were that many governments across forty states. You're talking about like town government, local at all all levels, right?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So for us, um, one of our specialties is actually local government. So this can be anyone from a small town in Utah to the city of Los Angeles. Um, so for us, we work with hundreds of governments and for the most part,
0: local government, but also state government as well. Got it. Okay, so just to be clear, you've got customers paying you anywhere between five grand a year and 100 grand a year. You're working across 40 states right now with a combination of 300 governments, both at the local, municipal, state, and even maybe higher levels. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, I'm a little more than 300, but yes,
0: that's okay. bad. Okay, great. And, and help us understand, I mean, this is a, obviously a SaaS play. Are, did you bootstrap this? Is it self-funded? Uh, so we were bootstrapped initially. Uh, my background, I used
1: to have a, a paralegal outsourcing company. Uh, and I just got fed up with uh, lawyers getting paid all this money to try <laughs> to uh, fill out. And essentially, all they were doing was filling out government forms. Um, so initially, we tried to, the platform vision was to build a TurboTax for any PDF. Right. Why, why in this day and age, why do you still have to download a PDF, uh, W9, whatever it might be, and fax it in them? It just, um, and then ultimately, along the way, we realized that actually the PDF is fundamentally broken. Right. Why, do, why everything we use today is connected, cloud storage, even this interview right now, yet our PDFs are still these kind of dumb experiences. Uh, and along the way, we realized that governments were a perfect customer. Uh, and I think one of the major lessons we learned And a lesson for any entrepreneur out there looking to start a business is that one of the hardest things as an entrepreneur is to change people's existing processes. And and what I mean by that was these governments were used to having a PDF, right? Mary and Jim in the back office, they just, they were, they're used to seeing that that W-9 form. So no matter how many times you try to make that a better process for the front end, they still are going to rely on that. And we really quickly realized that We went to them and said, hey, guys, what if we said you guys can keep your PDFs? You don't have to change training. All we're going to do is we're just going to make that an online experience. And then, hey, by the way, we're also going to make sure that you get filled it out properly every single time. And you're not going to have to do any data entry anymore and all these other benefits. So that was a really big lesson for us. And as soon as we realized that, we realized that government was really our perfect customer. And again, that's probably one of the other big lessons I try to tell any entrepreneur is find your perfect customer. And as soon as we found that, then it was just a matter of focus.
0: So Jonathan, give us a sense of time. When did you start the company? What year?
1: We started about three years ago. Uh, initially, that, would have been,
0: that would have been 2013.
1: Yep, we started about three years ago. And at that time, uh, we struggled for the first year, just getting the product and really figuring out, um, admittedly, uh, you know, we were trying to do too much. Uh, like a lot of startups do. We, we were like, Oh, we need this feature and this feature and this feature. Um, Then year two, we kind of pulled back and we initially focused on small businesses, but we really struggled to find our perfect customer. And really just about a year ago is when we first uh, decided that, wow, this government, there's something here. And as soon as we focused on that, everything seemed to fall in place. And that's when we got into something called Code for America. Uh, We we then were able to raise a large $5 million fundraising led by the GovTech fund and some other Gov uh, uh, innovation. Was
0: Was that a convertible note or was that an equity round?
1: So we did, um, it was, we did initially some convertible notes and then the entire round converted uh, as an equity round, but a $5 million round.
0: Okay. And what was the valuation on the equity round?
1: Uh, the last round was roughly about a $20 million valuation.
0: Okay. Well then that was pre-money before 5 million or after? That was a post. Okay. Post. So 15 million pre-money, 20 million post. super healthy. I mean, for the fact that you launched it in 2013 and it took you a year or two to find your customer fit. Um, the, what, I mean... Uh, and I think the, the lessons you gave about finding the right customer, I mean, are spot on. Since you've been around for a couple of years, talk to us about some of the other important metrics for SaaS companies. So we have a sense of customers. We have a sense of revenue and kind of a $5,000 per year. um, ARPU. Um, what about like things like uh, uh, churn? I mean, are people staying with you more than one year?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, being the fact that we're government and being the fact that, you know, um, they're very sticky, very loyal. And also with our platform, the more you use it, uh, the more value you get from it. Um so right now we pretty much have a ninety-nine percent retention rate, which is pretty amazing. And is that annual? Annual, correct. And then on top of that, we also have uh, really nice is we actually are finding our customers are upgrading for more. So they maybe they use us, they maybe they have an HR initiative or maybe they have a permit initiative. So they use us for those PDFs and they quickly realize that hey, we can also use this for all these other use cases. And we actually find that uh they're actually growing exp- exponentially in terms of their usage.
0: So, what would you say? You give us a huge range. You said between five thousand and a hundred grand or more per year. What is the average customer paying you? Would you say annually?
1: An average customer is going to be between ten and twenty five thousand dollars.
0: Ten and twenty five thousand. Okay, so we'll call it we'll call it seventeen thousand bucks on average. And then what you are saying is, um, you know, maybe people start at five grand, but then as they start using you more, they're slowly upgrading. Correct, and, that, and that's per year, by the way. Sorry, oh, that's seventeen grand per year. Correct. Great. Okay. Well, I mean, these metrics are amazing. Uh, uh, so far, how do you, I mean, so again, at, at a minimum with 350 customers, again, at a minimum doing five grand per year, you know, you're doing almost 2 million bucks per year or well above that. If your annual ARPU is 17 grand, what's next for you guys, how do you get to like 10, 20, 50 million?
1: Hey, great question. So for now, uh, one of our biggest thing we're focusing on is just growth. Uh, we're at a point right now where the first year, you know, when we first started, we didn't have case studies. We didn't have success stories that we could share. Uh, we didn't have referrals or, or even uh, references. So now that we've been able to just really focus on the customer uh, and then another and extremely important metric uh, on that same um, question of SaaS metrics is also account management. Um, our first six months we were growing really fast and we didn't even have a account management team. And mm-hmm. I think that was actually uh, probably a big mistake. I think that's probably probably one of the most important departments of our company is what do they do? They, they keep
0: the customers happy and upsell them.
1: So Yeah, I would say much more than anything, they're getting them engaged, right? They're making sure that they're going to have a successful experience with us. They're making sure that they, we have a very powerful platform with hundreds and hundreds of features. So making sure that they understand, oh, we see you're doing it like this, but maybe we can better optimize it. Mm -hmm. And then a really interesting thing about SEMA stocks is that because we're working only with governments for the most part, what that allows us to do is share lessons. Hey, you're a small city in Utah, but guess what? This is how Los Angeles is doing, handling the same problem. And we can literally click a button and we can give you that that same functionality. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and that's um, so account management and making sure how often are these people logging in, what is success for them? What is success for us? Making sure we're aligned and then making sure that we can also give value add. So even if they came to us for, again, a permit initiative, we can go to them and say, hey, by the way, Raleigh Durham just did this really cool citizen survey we turned it into an easy to use template. Why don't you guys use it also?
0: I see. So there's kind of some some group learnings there. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Um, so again, that account management team. It sounds like you put in place really to increase lifetime value of customers. What is current lifetime value? Uh,
1: that's a great question. With with government, something uh, interesting when you write out your LTVs or your lifetime value. Um, we don't. We see ourselves working with these governments for a very, very long time. Uh, Once you form a relationship with them, we're finding that not only are we solving their existing problems, but we're solving their next problems also. So we, our goal is we don't want any customers ever leaving. So it's a very long lifetime value. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, when when you just do the pure math, if you have a 99% um, annual retention rate, and so the way you get lifetime value in months is do obviously one divided by 0.01 for just top tribe listening in. So that basically says you have a hundred year lifetime value, which is obviously, you know, that's just the math speaking, but it does reiterate the fact that you plan on working with these guys for a long time.
1: Absolutely. Well, when you think about the future of government forms. Um, I think you made an allusion to it earlier. It doesn't involve a fax machine. Yeah. Uh, and it, it surely doesn't involve a, 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 an envelope and a stamp uh, and, a, and your checkbook. Yep. Uh, and when you think about that, that's really what we're trying to change. And if you, uh, especially considering that right now, that is the norm. And when dealing with local government, the norm is you're almost expecting a bad experience. You're expecting a piece of paper. And at SEMA Stocks, we really want to continue to push the limit and really make that smart.
0: Well, no, I think again, the the business case makes a ton of sense. It's a tough industry to break into. That's why it took you guys a while to figure out the ideal customer. But you know, back in episode 143, we had a very smart female entrepreneur on who's also a mom named Pam O'Hara. She talked us through all of her SaaS metrics and she's in the SMB space. So she stayed in the SMB space. She thought she was gonna go to government or enterprise like you did, but she stayed in the SMB space and is doing really well. That's episode one forty-three, Top Tribe, if you want to check it out. But Jonathan, we, we have a little bit of time left in 2015 what are you projecting 2015 total revenue will be
1: um so i'm not sure that's something we, we share but you actually were pretty close when your estimates earlier I, I can say that um and then we're projecting about 10x for next year
0: okay so so somewhere around two-ish million in 2015 and then somewhere around 20 million next year ideally right. great okay well jonathan we're about to get into my favorite part of the show uh, before we do where can people connect with you if they want to catch with you personally online Top drive, one of my favorite tools that I use to pump out great blog content and to really hire growth hackers on demand is Growth Geeks. It's a great tool. I use it for my blog, for my images, to help with the podcast production. And I worked out a great deal with the founder because he was on the show. Go to growthgeeks.com forward slash the top to start a free trial right now. Again, growthgeeks.com forward slash the top. Okay, there you have it. And guys, we'll link to all that in the show notes at nathanlaka.com forward slash the top 156. Okay, Jonathan, do you know what's next? I do. Okay, what what is it? The lightning round, I'm guessing. Okay, that's close, dude. It's the famous five. Are you ready? All right, number one. What's your favorite business book?
1: I would say Lean Startup. For any entrepreneur out there, that's that's a must.
0: I... You know, that book left such a bad taste in my mouth because I feel like it teaches, it it, it tells you like, hey, if you follow these little post-it notes and these diagrams, anybody can be an entrepreneur, which is total bullshit.
1: Uh, For me, it's more about a framework. I was actually a philosophy major and I think that Lean Startup isn't meant to be definitive lessons. It's more about like, hey, these are, there are certain lessons in there that will save entrepreneurs hours and hours and years of anguish even. Just, you know, everything from minimum viable product to failing fast making sure that you have some sort of feedback loop. Um, so ultimately, uh, I, I think that Lean, Lean Startup, even now, like when we launch products internally, we, we apply the Lean Startup methodology to it to make sure that, hey, do you have validation? Uh, how, are we iterating? Is this our idea? Or is this our customer's idea? So I, I actually think that it's a, it's a huge and definitely a must um, to just shape your own framework. Ultimately, as an entrepreneur, you're going to take those lessons and, and build your own frameworks uh, but I think it was a great starting point for me,
0: at least. Number two, Jonathan, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm mildly obsessed with Elon Musk.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. We had a uh, we had Elon's first investor on back in episode 129. His name was Tim Draper, and the stories he tells about him and Elon before Elon was Elon is unbelievable. That's episode 129. But Jonathan, he's got a lot of fans. Yeah, he's,
1: uh, no, changed the world. Ended. Yeah and the universe, potentially.
0: Number three. Number three. Is there a favorite online tool you have besides Seamless Docs?
1: Yeah, so besides Seamless Docs, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, for any enterprise or any any SaaS company out there, there's a tool called Intercom. We use pretty... Um, it essentially allows you to monitor how your users are using your platform and then message them accordingly. Um, I think it's really important and just, to me, speaks to the next generation of kind of online tools. It's It's not about sending a monthly newsletter anymore, right? It's about, hey, I know that this person has used my platform 22 times, and this is his favorite tool, so therefore, I should send him a message about this. Um, So it allows you to essentially, it allows smart messaging, uh, which is something that I think every SaaS tool should have.
0: Number four, Jonathan, what's your current situation? Are you married, single, do you have kids? I'm single. Single, okay. Yes or no, are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? I said I'd be lucky to get six. <laughs> Fair enough. Last question. Uh, how old are you today? 32 years old. Okay, take us back 12 years, Jonathan. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Focus focus one word a focused answer i love it John, jonathan endy from starting his company back in 2013 taking two years to really find product market fit he'll now do almost two or over two million bucks this year with a projected 20 million bucks in revenue next year in 2016 all focused on governments jonathan thank you for taking us to the top thanks guy you bet okay top tribe i'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning and don't forget before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday. If you guys like Jonathan today, you are going to love Vincent Harris from yesterday. He started a company as Dorm Room and is now Rand Paul's internet army and he just did over $1.3 million in revenue.